Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Juge. We first met Juge the day we recorded this episode and wound up writing with her the following day. Some context for this interview. Juge recently released her EP, Juge It's You, which includes her single, Mood, featuring Vic Mensa. Inspiringly unstoppable, Juge is writing songs straight from her heart with powerful messages. So, without further ado, I'm Juge, and this is Talking Lion. Hey, what's up? <laughs> thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always love uh, these sort of podcast uh, episodes because we all kind of just met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were all just here. Though, in a weird way, I feel like we've all known, known each, other each other for a minute. Maybe it's like that East Coast. Definitely. Like, you know, we, we all know what good bagels taste like. Right. And, uh, <laughs> the pizza. I feel like I vibe more with people on the East Coast. Even like after moving here, some of my closest friends are mostly people who were from the East Coast and then moved to California. Yeah, like that's pretty much been my experience. I don't know what it is, except for maybe it's just like a vibrant energy. Yeah. I, th- I think it's like East Coast people have like a, a directness and like a, exactly. like a work ethic and a hustle that when they move here, once they like meet the LA like chill out vibe and they those people like I feel like East, East Coast LA transplants find that nice intersection of yeah. like hustle and just like good vibes, man. And then that's why they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they get shit done out here, but they're also just like, Let's just hang out and like they won't like sugarcoat anything, yeah. right? You know? we, we, I feel like we also rust, like ruffle the feathers of uh, like Midwesterners every once in a Definitely. while, <laughs> you know, just a little bit. Just a little no, bit. some people can get like offended. I feel like, but it's really just me being blunt and not sugarcoating because I was raised by a Latina mother in the East Coast. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. Again, around that Jewish mother. So like she will insult you to your face, yeah. but then like no hard you know, feelings. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh yeah, this is this is just how you are, honey. You yeah. know, you're gonna have to live with that your whole life. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just New York Jews. So you you are. From from the east coast yes. where were you born so i was born in philly, philly and then after philly went back to brazil for a little where my mom's from just for a few months i have dual citizenship there oh wow i was baptized in brazil and in the united states then when we moved back to the states we moved to chicago for my um dad's job and my two siblings were born there where in chicago are you living winneka okay yeah and so that's actually where vic's from too chicago as well did you guys ever, I mean, no, that no. is just a coincidence? No, yeah. yeah, we only met when I moved to LA. <laughs> but then I moved back to Philly after Chicago, and that's where I spent the majority of my childhood. Then when I got a bit older, I spent some time in New York with some cousins that lived there and such. But no, I would really say that I was raised in Philly. Now, were, were like, was your family musical as well? Did they uh, kind of give you the bug or who, like, for, who first gave you that, like, oh, I got to <laughs> make some songs, you know? No one can really like sing, not even in the shower. Everyone really does not sound good. But my mom actually moved to America when she was 18 in the hopes of being a dancer. But she moved with like literally nothing. She moved with $100 in her pocket, worked as no pair and five other jobs. And one of the jobs is where she met my dad. My mom was a waitress at Chili's. My dad was a bartender. And so just with like the means of survival, she didn't really get to, because living in New York at the time was super expensive. It still is. So she ended up just living with the au pair family in Philly. So she never really got to pursue her dream. But I would say like artistically, I got it from her because she loves to dance and she loves music. So I grew up with like Brazilian music in the house and a ton of, I went to my first concert. I begged my parents for my birthday when I was like five or six to take me to Josh Groban. There's this like video, <laughs> home video of me like screaming Josh Groban, but nice. I dressed up in my like princess costume and all that. But yeah, my mom, I would say. Well, you hear some of that influence in your music. You, you have a little bit of the Brazilian, a little bit, bit of the soul. Sick. Um, like uh, in, you were showing us barricades like earlier and, and just like the big gospel. Yeah you know choir that went went about there i think it's cool to see all these influences do do you also dance is that something that you picked up from your your Um, mom well i grew up doing theater that's like probably one of my main loves yeah i was in the east coast pursuing that we're recovering theater kids so no way actually yeah Yeah. Yeah, you have no i'm the biggest theater geek let's geek out my my, dog's name is eponine i'm not joking no shit i'm not kidding I, yeah, that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't fare well for the dog, you know. Yeah, just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
A heart full of love, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No yeah. Cat. Your, do- your dog, also, dog will die tragically. Also, yeah. totally a puppy dog. That's oh, my yeah. 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 I call she her really, Panine, so yeah. I just, I, I, lo- I love how, like, Marius is just, like, a genuinely a dick throughout the yeah, whole yeah. thing to her. Like, he just will, he'll just, like, twist the knife. Just, like, in <laughs> ways. the worst. Yeah. He's I just, I love worst. that one thing where she's, like, she, she's singing and then he's singing a heart full of love over here. And just, like, I love even just in the movie how they staged it so he's just, like, oblivious yeah, to yeah. it. So oblivious. It's just, but it's, like, almost mean. It's just. Yeah. I love Les Mis. That's my dream role, Eponine. Really? Yeah, I was in Les Mis once, but you have no idea. That is my favorite show. Like, my room, like, I geek out Les Mis everywhere. And I just rescued a dog in California a couple months ago, and her name's Eponine. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what other musicals? What was the first musical you ever saw? Saw Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. Yeah, that mine my, my was Lion King. Lion King. Yeah. yeah, cool. And then what's your favorite other than Les Mis? Musical. Yeah, maybe Bonnie and Clyde. That's definitely Ooh. up there on like dream roles for me. Bonnie. I, I see so. that that that's over my head. I haven't. You haven't seen I, Bonnie, I haven't and seen Bonnie and Clyde. The yeah. music, the score is really good. Also, I definitely like dream role Nina in the Heights. It's like yeah. very nice. typecast yeah. of me, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I know the whole. Mine's somewhere between yeah. like Mark from Rent and Henry from I Next don't to like Normal. Rent. I don't know. Love Next to Normal. Yeah, well, I think That's Henry's a great normal. character. Yeah, it's weird, like being in California. It's cool that you guys like know so much about theater because there's not a theater scene. I did Spring Awakening when I first moved here. I was gonna say that's that's, that's my that's favorite musical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, that's so cool. Y'all do theater. That's like what I thought I was gonna do. I thought I was gonna go to school for BFA musical theater. That's still like my main passion. It was hard getting the theater out of my voice. Like I have a lot of vibrato and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I say oh, left to our own devices, we write Broadway songs. Like we don't Definitely. mean to, but like what, we just you do? we like like you know we, we've been accused of like in a session being like oh this is a bit too broadway yeah th- people definitely said that about y'all us. should yeah. write a musical we are we try, <laughs> listen you're, you're not the fan we, we, <laughs> we, we are a drunk night away from writing you're a musical one drunk yeah. Night yeah. Away, dude yeah. i'm there i am there come through yeah my, my music teachers in high school like i did so much theater in high school my music teachers like you say you want to be a musician but you do so much theater like i was doing community theater he was he was sweeney and sweeney yeah, that was my favorite role i got to be sweeney and sweeney, you and sweeney todd, todd? Yeah. i love sweeney that was so it was you're Taya. Okay, yeah, it's okay. Got you. I yeah, don't yeah. know why. That, I mean, it was when I first moved to LA. So that was like, it's no, been it's, like two years ago, but it's a good show. It's a beautiful show. Beautiful. The music. Uh, Touch Me is my favorite song on there. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's I like, love Mama Who Bore Me. Oh, that's I mean, that's, a, yeah, it opens yeah. the show. So, Hamilton like met all my expectations. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just actually saw it again in Chicago. No way. Like no a couple sad. weeks ago. It was great. But I saw the original cast a couple really? years ago. Yeah. My, my mom got really lucky because she had a friend like, there's a show, it's going to blow up, you should get tickets yeah. to it. She did that with uh, Dear Evan Hansen, too. Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, one of my favorite plays was Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. I never saw that. I read I the book, It was though. so yeah. good. I was so surprised. Do you know what I saw in London? I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this musical. Everyone's talking about Jamie. Yes. No, I, I heard of that. Yes. Surprisingly not good. Not good? Yeah. I, 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 I just like, saw Moulin Rouge. Really? How yeah. is that? If you like the movie and you love how campy the movie is, the musical yeah. is great. Yeah. I, really like, enjoy, I really enjoyed it. If you went in expecting like a musical, you'd be like, eh. But if you went in like knowing how campy like yeah. the movie is and yeah. how the movie is just like borderline hard to watch, yeah, you would love it. It's like it's like the first season of Glee. Like it's like a lot of mashups yeah. of pop songs that are like put in this in this Moulin Rouge context. Like it, you know, it captured this what I thought was the spirit of the movie. Which is this like campy cabaret, like over the top love story, and I thought they did a really good job. And they like, did, yeah. Okay. And the I'm set down. pieces are really gorgeous. Yeah, the too. set pieces are really nice in that musical. What's a dream role for you? Hmm. I, yeah, I was trying to think of that when you're when you're talking about it. Yeah. I feel like I would like to be uh, maybe the guy in Book of Mormon. I haven't seen that yet. I'm like so mad. I'm I saw. I, saw the original, I haven't seen it either. Yeah. I saw the original insane. cast of Book of Mormon, and I really loved. Heard it's life changing. <laughs> it's it, yeah, because yeah, that was that was my favorite musical before. For Hamilton, like happened, and yeah, I think I think I would love to just do like. I Hello. cried at Hamilton. Yeah, me too. I cried yeah. most of the time. Yeah, literally. Oh, also, dream other dream role I thought of would be uh, Jamie in the Last Five Years. Oh, Jamie oh. in the Last yeah, Five Years. That, yeah, that, that, would be, that would be great. I duh. love the Last Five. Did you like the movie with Anna Kendrick? I liked things about it. Yeah, I, I like I, Anna Kendrick and I like Norman Butts. You don't like Jeremy Jordan? I no. Listen, I know everybody. I, I know. Like, I like Jeremy Jordan when I watched the movie. I'm obsessed with Jeremy Jordan. I just I think I, love I think Norman Leo Butts just like ca- like captures the character so well. Yeah. That like I think Jeremy <sighs> Jordan captured Jamie as like a fuckboy. Like I think he got that energy right about the character cuz that's like that's totally that's totally him. Yeah. 
Whereas I don't know, I feel like I, I feel like normally Abut's just like had like had like strong performances. Yeah, he like, was he was more, it was more of an adult performance. Yeah. I think he's a better actor. I yeah, think in general he's, he it was felt more, it better. It was, yeah, he was more of the Less sort of like Jason Robert kinda. Brown kind of thing. Yeah, you you can tell. Like, I don't know. There's something about uh, Jeremy Jordan that was just like you didn't feel it mm. the way that you feel it with. Uh, it's just so like it's like oh the vibe is off. Like it's just there's something about the way that Jeremy yeah. Jordan just like didn't. Well, that's why I say I like him in the movie because I feel like his performance, like his his physicality in the movie captures something about the character that maybe his like voice alone didn't like compared to like the just the Broadway recording of like yeah. of or it's Norman like the Butts. flip with Anna Kendrick. I feel like Anna Kendrick on the recording is just like there. Yeah. yeah. Like I she really like her like Kathy. just can wreck you. Yeah. Whereas like in the movie she's fine. Like she does a great job, don't get me wrong, but like in the recording she's you listen. There. She's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, color purple is amazing. Oh wow. Cynthia yeah. Erivo. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Have you all seen Waitress? No. no I haven't actually seen Waitress. Whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually, I mean, I didn't like a, a band's visit. Band's visit? I haven't seen that. That's like, that was the new hot It's not there anymore. One. No, I think it's touring now. Um, I don't like cats. I cannot stand cats. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Horrible. I saw it at the Pantages. Like, I got free tickets. I just really I just don't know did. why they thought it'd be a good idea to make a movie of it. No, too. it looks yeah. creepy. It looks terrifying. Did you see Next to Normal when it was playing in, on Broadway? No. I've seen oh. it like again at like a theater. I went to Stage Door Theater Camp. Oh yeah, in yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mom, my mom gets the emails from Stage Door. <laughs> really? Yeah, like the yeah. There's like tickets that go on sale, right? Oh, I didn't know if like you went there or something. Oh no, I didn't go. I was like a no. I I I, I kind of wish I spent more time in theater. The pr- thing is, my mom's a theater teacher, so That's my so act cool. of rebellion was not liking it. Yeah. <laughs> no, theater was my thing growing up. I really thought that was the path I was gonna take, and then went the other way but definitely i'm gonna bring my way back at some point that's like my heart is yeah, theater what so what yeah what was the thing that did it like how did how did you realize if theater was like the thing for you how did you get into this crazy world of pop music yeah so i definitely thought that i was gonna my course would probably be like go to college for bfa musical theater and then just stay in new york and audition i thought that was kind of where i was heading then um i was doing some cabarets in new york and it was under this, it was all these broad kids who had been on Broadway. So it was called Broadway Kids. And I've never been on Broadway, but I was just friends with a lot of those kids. And I auditioned and they were like, yeah, like, we'd love to have you in this cabaret. So we'd perform quite often. Then one time a producer came to one of our shows and wanted to put together a reality show called Broadway Kids to send for pitch about kids like in this industry wanting to make it on Broadway. So I filmed that. And then out of that came like a short film that I did because one of the cameramen knew an opportunity for an audition for the short film and I ended up getting the part. It was about human trafficking. Uh-huh. Then I fell in love with um, on-camera acting. So I I'd never, I just grew up doing theater and I grew up working in theater at a ton of like equity regional theaters. And I just did it like myself. So I'd be that kid in school, like looking up auditions <laughs> and my mom was kind of by herself. My dad was always traveling, so she raised three kids by herself. So I'd always be like, mom, can you drive me to New York? And she'd be like, no, I can't. <laughs> so I would like take the mega bus to Philly if there was stuff in Philly or whatever. Right. And then finally, um, so I got an agent for TV film. I just like was looking it up online and sent some submissions. And then I was contacted by The Voice when I was like 15 for an appointment. So I kept on going back with them and they would call me each season to like after the open calls, they would have appointments. Then through that came American Idol and I would come like to the final straw every time. And there's always something like they had another Latina girl with like something different. And I was like, damn, next season, next season. So then I was really pursuing pop and I love, but they would call me in for country, funny enough, because like my niche was country at that time. I really liked singing like Jennifer Nettles and a ton of those songs. Right. Then fast back a couple (laughs) years ago, I forgot to mention, I auditioned when I was just going on this like bunch of auditions myself that I'd find. I would I found an audition at the Kimmel Center for the Apollo Theater in oh, Harlem. Yeah. And they do a thing called like um, Child Stars of Tomorrow. So I auditioned and I ended up um, making it into the contest. And so it was like filmed and everything. So I went up to do it and I actually won the contest. How old were you there? I was 13. Oh, wow. So okay. yeah, way fast yeah. back. I just <laughs> forgot to mention that. But that's how I really was like, and I sang pop too. I sang a pop song and I also sang Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. And that's the song that I won with. <laughs> right. I know there's like 13 year old belting the Celine yeah, Dion song. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's the song that I won with. And then I went back to do like the winner's concert and stuff. And that's when I was like, damn, you know, I love theater, but maybe I should really like 
look into pursuing pop writing my own music and i don't think i really even did it that seriously until i realized when i was 17 i wanted to definitely pursue i didn't feel like i could pursue the tv film thing in philly and just like with sending all these like self tapes and stuff i felt like i really had to be in it to go into these rooms and meet these casting directors and such so when i was 17 i made this whole plan up i found a full-time nannying job in california and I found a roommate online. And so I wow. presented my parents this whole idea to, for me to move to California and drop out of school. And my mom being an immigrant and moving away from home at such a young age, she was like, yo, if you got this, like do your thing. You figure this all out yourself. Like, I'm not going to stop you. Like do whatever it takes. If it doesn't work out, we'll be here. That's so then, amazing. Yeah, I was yeah. super lucky to have their support. I moved out. It was super weird. I didn't know anyone. And I had, and I really, when I was moving out, was focusing on the, the acting portion of it. I was doing some commercials. I had a TV film agent and I would just like go to a ton of open mics. That's how I made all my friends in LA. <laughs> and that's eventually, long story short, the open mics is how I met a producer who like wanted to do some sessions, who's watching the open mic, who knew a songwriter, who knew a producer, who is now my um, producer. And that's my producers also managed by my manager. And so that's how I met my manager. But literally just putting myself out there is really kind of how I established a community and like found friends and, and like just start to navigate my way. Well, people don't realize how yeah. important it is when you come out here to just as quickly as possible find your communities, whether yeah. that's through I agree. Uh, showcases or, or yeah. like industry events or anything like that. Um, I, I want to ask you like what those open mics were. So if anybody who's moving here, yeah. you know, like w which ones would you go to? Crave Cafe. So I lived across the street from right. Crave. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, Right now, it's kind of annoying because there's not many people going, so they end really early, which stinks. Me and my friends will go, we'll like play some. We used to do like Taco Tuesdays before to really like get people to go because when I was going, it was they'd have to cut people off because they can only go till 11 right. and it was packed. You have to get there early to sign up. It's cool, you can do some spoken word, music, um, comedy. But now they're really having trouble finding talent to go. And my friend hosts Deshaun's every Tuesday from 7 to 10, 10.30. Right now it's really not going that long. But Crave was popping when I went. Like it's a yeah. super cool place to just try out some music. Then Monday nights there's Tuning Fork, which is close to Crave. Do you know where that is in Studio City? Tuning Fork? No, I'm not I, know, I know where Crave is. So it's just yeah. that area. Yeah. But really, honestly, the one that I would do is crave every tuesday and i would just go and sing some music go with some friends try out some of my songs and that's find your people yeah that's also yeah. kind of how i started writing music because i just noticed everyone there wasn't really doing covers and that's what i and i was like i can't really build a career on covers that's why right. when i finally realized like yeah i can sing this is dope but like it's gonna get to a certain point where if i'm not writing my own music i don't have much control over where this goes so that kind of inspired me seeing these other people. I'd be like, hey, do you want to write with me? And I felt like the more I'd write with other people, the better I was getting at it. What was the first song that you wrote that felt good for you? Like, what was the first song mm. that was like, all right, well, this is actually where I want to start my artist project. This is where, where my heart's at. Well, I feel like when I first started writing music, it was very like singer songwriting cerebralist coming from theater too. That's like right, all yeah. I was writing. Sure, yeah. Wasn't mainstream pop enough because it's just me sitting down at a piano um, never really had wrote to tracks or anything. And so it was just very, all of them were ballads and I was like, I need to write something different. So I felt like once I started collaborating with other people, that's when I started going out of my own head and kind of writing different things. Well, the double-edged sword of being a recovering theater kid yeah. <laughs> is that on the one hand, like theater music has some of the best, even Disney and stuff has some of the best hooks. Yeah. Like period. You know, obviously these are songs that have to tell a story. These are songs that have to be complex. And, but also just work. Yeah, like, but with yeah. It, with it, they're, they're complex, but they're Disney. So they're, like they, 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 those writers had to like make sure that their melodic information was like presented yeah. in a way that you could a child could be like, I understand what's going yeah. on. But even I mean, take something like Les Mis, where you know, even it's roughly four melodies throughout all of <laughs> yeah. Les Mis. Yeah. You know, you take something like um, Pippin, or you take Wicked. Yeah. Where honestly, almost every song in that thing, other than like sort of the connective tissue, could be singles. You yeah. know, for in that sort of genre space, the double-edged sword is like you have all of these tools, but the pop sensibility isn't necessarily there. So we know what a hook is, we know yeah. what we want, but we don't necessarily know how to like bring it to that next place, which is why I think it's important for like that kind of collaboration. Also, musicals are all about like you really have to literally tell a story. So you that that's a that's one of the positives yeah. of like being a theater person. Like you're like, okay, telling a story with music is really intuitive, but also pop music is about telling a story in like somewhat of a clean I mean, it doesn't have to be like the, the, I don't want to 
put too much value on it, but it's a sort of a clean, sanitized way insofar as you can't use as many words. You can't use as many syllables as you do in, in musical theater. Yeah. Like you have to like pare down the idea and be like, okay, what are the four words that are going to challenge get accepted? Challenge. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'm too wordy anyway. That's but. what I loved about country too. I felt like mm. the storytelling of country was very, that was the closest to theater. So yeah. when I was kind of like just discovering my sound, I really gave myself a lot of time to like discover what type of music I wanted to make rather than just make what was like the most trending, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I still feel like I'm even finding more and more of my sound and allowing, like Lady Gaga, for instance, she's a big influence of mine. She has a theatrical background, as you yeah. may know, and she kind of incorporates that and doesn't have to shy away from that because I'm not that like whispery Billie Eilish sound. I can try as much as you want for me to record and record that. It's just not who I am. I like, yeah. no, you, know, you go in, I mean, like on the recordings, like you go in on like what you're, like how you're feeling yeah. and like, you know, you belt when it's time to belt. Like you're not trying to play that off or play it airy or yeah. play whatever. It's like go in and like let the production rise to meet that yeah. versus like trying to like take half, which I think is yeah. really cool. And Lady Gaga is really good at that. I yeah. love her. I don't, I'm almost jealous of the real estate that comes from hip hop and rap. Like there's so much you can do sort of in terms of wordplay and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like pop music is now trying to co-op in, in some some kinds of ways. But, you know, there's so much that you can do in that space, which is why, you know, I, I think you're now getting like a lot of those sort of pop, like hip hop, like rap th- hybrids that you're totally. not entirely sure what they are anymore you know there's just sort of somewhere in the middle of everything yeah yeah you know i feel like it's cool right now like no one is necessarily just in one genre of music or category it's like a ton of influences brought together which is like cool seeing where music's going i don't feel like even with my ep every song's super super different i don't feel like i wanted to try everything out and really like i didn't like push myself into one category necessarily well, yeah, we, we just like, like somewhat similarly, like, we didn't want like our genre to be what define the sound. Like we wanted it to be unified by the fact that like we were singing it or we yeah. were making it. Like what unifies your sound is that you're singing it. That it's yeah. your stories and everything, which I think is cool, you know? Even some of my ballads, like Hollywood could easily cross over as a country song, but then yeah. like KOA is like the farthest thing from a country song. <laughs> so that was super cool. Because definitely when I first started, Finding my sound was interesting because recording, I had so much like vibrato and stuff mm. <laughs> from the theater. And also everything was super legato and- Enunciated, pr- you enunciated, enunciated yeah, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely something just like, I had to like, honestly kind of unlearn a lot of things, like get rid of some technique yeah, and just yeah. be, you know? I mean, look just at Ariana sing. Grande. She was, a, she was a big theater kid, yep. but now you can't understand a word she says. 13. She clearly grew out of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would mumble when I sing just to piss off my mom because she's, again, theater, theater. so it's like an like enunciation. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, oh, we, I can't understand anything. I'm just like, Good. exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's the goal. Now, what was the first uh, song on your EP that you started? Mood. Mood. The one that okay. I started or that was released? Well, uh, that you started. Risk like, It All was uh, is actually the last song on the EP, the last song released, and that was the first song. That was the song that um, I worked with my producer for for the first one. And then, um, hmm, what did we write right after that? I think Barricades, which is the second single, was written right after Risk It All. And the way that my EP, I wanted it to tell my story. So if you listen to it from beginning to end, it kind of talks about me moving out to L.A., and like the, I guess, trials and tribulations of that and not really sugarcoating any of it because I could have easily wrote a whole EP about how great it is living in LA. And it is great living in LA, but I wouldn't be truthful saying that there were some times that were super hard at first. So just about my story and the influences like my mom who influenced my story. And I also just didn't want to be another 19 year old breakup artist. I felt like the world needed something else to hear. And I felt like I could give that because of my story. Well, and I think your, your story, especially now is, is very potent. Like I think, you know, especially like what's happening politically, for example, is yeah. not like, f- like passive to you. Like it would be for other people around like those, every change, like, you know, has like an effect on, yeah. you know, on, on you and your family and stuff. And, um, has that been something that's been, present in, in, in your mind like when you're writing or, or things some of the stuff that's happening politically yeah I feel like definitely well working with Vic too his dad is an immigrant and my mom was an immigrant like an undocumented immigrant as well my mom just got her citizenship like five years ago and so we definitely had that 
like topic of conversation a lot when we first met because he was writing camp america about the like oh yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know if you guys were able to hear that song the music video is really cool for it but that's definitely something very personal to the both of us coming from an immigrant parent and being first generation american well and and it's important like these like the more voices like providing that perspective, the less likely there will be passivity from people who have that option. Yeah. You know, like they, they can't play ignorant anymore. Yeah. You know, when they hear that stuff, you know, I feel like a big thing with my music too has always been empowerment. Like that's just something, a message I definitely want to get across because I really do want my music to not only inspire my peers, but definitely like the younger generation to kind of like be the change that they wish to see. So, and that goes like across the board, a lot of the EP, that's what it was meant to do. But now I'm just finding different ways and, di- and different social issues I want to touch on because I feel like that's kind of my niche. I t- do want to like write about relationships and that kind of stuff because sure. I want to challenge myself at first not to, like I said, not to be that 19-year-old breakup artist. So I like told myself we're not writing any relationship songs on this EP, but now I'm going to like allow myself to kind of, because I obviously I'm 19. I've been through some things like yeah, yeah. <laughs> have some personal stories that I'd like to share. But more importantly, I feel like there's a lot of social issues that, speak volumes to me that i can use my music yeah and i think we think we now is really the time where we need those artists like we i think that like like back in the 60s like i think they're they're such we're in such formative and turbulent political times that we can't just have songs on the radio about like individual anxiety like i think the wave that i think is starting to build more and more is, is the wave of people who are who are writing more generally like it's you know it's been a lot of like i i i in the last couple of years but i think that like there are a we, couple we, people we. moving towards yeah. moving towards the we, and I think yeah. that's like really important. Well, it's also, I mean, there's a a bigger dialogue happening now too about like mental health and taking care. I mean, yeah. when you came in, like before we started recording, we were talking about about our health. We were talking yeah. about like we've all at at some point had trouble sleeping. Yeah, I feel like the mental health problem too is that it's not spoken about so much, and then there's a type of kind of like a stigma behind it. So then people almost like shy away from their mental health problems. And since they aren't, aren't able to talk about it, it just gets worse. So like mm-hmm. using music as an outlet to, sh- like I said, use the we, yeah. that kind of just like creates a form of unity for people to be like, I don't know, I can talk about this yeah. and what I'm going through is normal and a ton of other people are going through the same thing. So that's definitely something that's been on mine, my mind recently is like anxiety. Like Mabel just released a song called Anxiety Anthem. I don't know if mm. you've heard it. Not having the whole yet. premise is like, it's okay not to be okay oh, type of thing, yeah. which is super cool because like with a song like that, a lot of those types of songs have always been like ballads and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's more of like an up-tempo being like, we're going to get through this together, which yeah. is super cool. I think we're hearing a lot of that now. Like, well, you know, with, with Julia Michaels and even even some of the Billie Eilish stuff, but just in general, like a, a lot of the a lot of the artists are, are like writing about mental health in, in a like in a very like pop in an honest way. honest and stark way but without yeah. uh compromising i saw i saw the term pop. i saw this the term anxiety pop the other day on, on the cover mm. of l magazine that's I'm interesting like, i never heard that term but i think it's a really interesting like handle for like this this particular wave of stuff that's happening right now cool because again it's just one of those things where it's like the more we talk about it i i, I feel like going into your 20s but also just like growing up now in general is so much about like having to deal with tension and frustration on a regular yeah. basis. Like on the one hand, there's frustration about the things that you can't do anything about. And there's tension for the things you can do something about, but like is really challenging yeah. and like takes time to do. And I feel like those are the two things that I like hit me the hardest. Yeah. I think everyone like has trouble giving up control, like me especially. Oh yeah. My favorite prayer is the serenity prayer. It's oh like, yeah. Yeah. Um, accept the things you cannot change, courage to change the things you can and wisdom to know the difference. It's kind of like what I try to live by Yeah, because that's always probably some of my biggest anxieties is stuff that I honestly can't control, you know? Well, and my, my biggest trouble right now is the wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I, I feel like given the opportunity, you know, I can accept things and I can change things. I just don't necessarily know the difference. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. I should, you know, and sometimes you push really hard against stuff that won't, won't move. And sometimes you don't do anything for the things that all you had to do is ask. And I think yeah. that's really, yeah. you know, and that's not just with other people. That's sometimes with yourself too. No, totally. You know, so it's important to be talking about it. Especially like for creatives too. I know like this industry comes with a lot of pressure. So instead, I don't know. I feel like I'm lucky that I surround myself with a lot of people. I have a good support group. Mm-hmm. So there's no sort of living in LA. I feel like it's super easy to somehow get caught up in a group where there's not that support because everyone's doing the same thing. But I found good people, good genuine people from LA or people who moved out to LA who honestly like everyone's just trying to support each other because 
we're all going through it, you know. Yeah. And I feel like we, we got really lucky just in terms of we knew that there was probably going to be a struggle coming out here, but our yeah. friends have just been so kind to us in between the podcast and whatever. There's like a, you know, community that, well, you know, you know, even now, like we barely know each other. I know. You have a rough day? Yeah, you let's know, go. Come I'll hit you like, up. Yeah, yeah, just like there's there are people here who are in your corner. I don't know. That feels to me the most valuable thing mm-hmm. about a community out here not necessarily like the come up not necessarily like the build you know no, if that happens is a nice side you know byproduct support in the journey exactly because that's like the most re- the journey is kind of like the hardest part but like at the same time the most rewarding part because even some success is complicated yeah. yeah one of the things we talk about a lot on, on the podcast is when things are going well but you still aren't feeling great how hard that is to talk to other people about so they're like you should be grateful you should exactly be, you should be this and it's like fuck you i'm sad no definitely yeah, I feel like maybe, and this is like hard for creativity, like when, especially when I was acting and everything, you can't really, like, if you shut off your personal life and try not to feel things, it's going to come across like creatively horribly. Yeah. Because I think the way that I would deal things, which was a super unhealthy way to deal with things, would be just to kind of avoid it and like, hey, I know I'm feeling sad, but I'm going to ignore it. And then I couldn't even really channel how I was feeling when I would go to write music and stuff because I wasn't dealing with things in my personal life. Yeah. So I hate that feeling of like knowing I'm feeling sad, but I don't feel anything because I'm not allowing myself. So I feel like that's an inner struggle I have is just like accepting how I feel because for me, it just felt easier not to deal with rather than like learning the coping skills and allowing people to help because I don't I don't want to ask for help you know well and sometimes you don't even realize you're running from something until you a stop or b get caught by it especially if you're running from yourself exactly yeah yeah. it's like here's this thing you've been ignoring and you don't even realize you're ignoring it until it's like weighing so heavily on you the way that I ignore it is like I surround myself with people 24 7 sometimes just so I don't have to be alone with my own thoughts yeah 100% and that's like my biggest coping mechanism but I kind of catch myself on that a lot because that's not a healthy way to live I have to be able to like sit with my own thoughts and really kind of I don't even know reflect on them so then I can write my music and speak truthfully rather than just like how I want to feel, not how I'm actually feeling, you know? Yeah. You have to try to get as close as you can to being a complete person. Mm-hmm. So it just gets harder the older you get. Yeah. You totally. Know? Well, yeah. tell me about uh, Barricades because that was a song that like, you, you know, you when you came in and yeah. we, were, we were talking about it, you were really passionate about and you can hear it. it like it's so much of that influence. Yeah, Barricade's um, one of my favorite songs. Well, tell me about how that started. Barricade started because my first single mood describes my journey to LA and all of the no-sayers, everyone who told me back home, like, you're not gonna be able to do it because I moved from Philly when I was 17, dropped out of high school. So obviously there were a lot of people being like, this is crazy. Coming from a town where there's honestly only one sort of path, they think, is right. like going to college and everything. So they thought I was crazy. My parents were crazy. And I never really allowed any of that to kind of alter my decision but obviously sometimes like you sit even the plane ride there I'm like are they right like what am I doing and (laughs) even when I got sick which I'll get to when I got sick a couple months later there was definitely some doubt that crossed my mind maybe they were right but barricades is after I moved it's about some of the I'm caught up in all the hesitation all of these problems I'm facing like right when I move and then finally feeling settled in the move, finding a community of people and being like, look at me now. I made it through, made it through mm-hmm. the rain, all of these things. So it's in the course of telling my story, being like, I made it through some of the hard times. Cause you could look at barricades like before I got sick, because even before I got sick, moving to LA, I dealt with, I didn't know anyone. So I was working a full-time job at 17 and it was w- working with kids. I was a nanny. Right. So that didn't allow me to meet any people. And I also didn't have a lot of time to meet people. So I was very lonely. I'll be honest. Like, this is so funny. I went to... I looked online at this high school and I was because I was 17 at the time yeah. so I looked up like their basketball schedule so I, I showed up by myself I looked up the school colors oh. and I showed up by myself to the basketball game I made zero friends that day it was this <laughs> private school so like all, the whole grade knew each other and they were like who is this girl but my friends oh loved my that God. story I showed up and like made no friends you're just trying to make friends <laughs> I wanted to the... make friends wow. <laughs> I tried but yeah barricades can be seen 
from the beginning of that or when I moved back to LA after being sick for the two months. So I moved to LA. What were you sick with? Lyme disease. Oof. And so that's what Hollywood's about too, was just like my disillusionment with LA. I became very disillusioned. Do you know Be- how'd you got the, how you got the tick? Yeah, I grew up in Philly where the grass is like super, super high. There's deer in my front yard, backyard. I have a dog. Must There's this place called um, The Cove where we would all like go through and jump off into the lake guarantee you i got it from there the grass is so so high and i was going there a lot that summer so i was diagnosed before my move and um i didn't want to delay my move because again i didn't want the people being like oh we were right you know i didn't want to prove anyone which is so stupid i don't care what they think now but how did you feel with the disease because i I know a lot of people sort of vaguely understand what it is but for the friends of mine that that had it it's been a different experience almost for everybody yeah i the reason i got tested is because i just wasn't feeling like myself I my memory was horrible I was just like a quick smart kid and then I started forgetting things couldn't retain a lot of information had a bit of like a delay so there was a lot of cognitive issues my Hmm. joints started hurting I was not sleeping so then they were like let's just run a few tests and then of course right before I moved that's when they diagnosed me with Lyme and so I didn't want to get treated right away because I didn't want to delay the move so my plan was to get treated right when I went to California and I don't think I really realized the severity of it and how quickly because the longer it takes for you to get treated, it gets worse. Yeah. So when I first moved, I just wanted to settle in. I didn't want to really deal with the treatment and I just kind of put it off and I became super, super sick. My joints were really, really bad. I couldn't drive anymore just because of all of my, the cognitive issues it was causing me. So I ended up at Cedar sinai and then they decided it was best for me to go, since I was a minor, I was 17 at the time, it was best for me to go home at 17 to be right. with my family during treatment. And that was like... Uh, you know what I'm saying? I finally, I met people at Crave. I was getting my life together. I was getting on a lot of auditions. I, I was like writing a ton of music. Forward, like one step then back. Then one step back. Yeah. And then I was also just like, these people are, because it was only two months into living here. So I was just like, and I don't know why I cared. I felt like, that's why I took, when I went home for treatment, didn't go, no one knew I was home. I wasn't on social. I was there for like two months. No one knew I was home. Went off social media. You, you won't see like any posts from those months that I was home because I just didn't, felt I don't know I felt like it almost showed a weakness but and that's why I didn't even like really I wasn't gonna write it about it in my songs I didn't want anyone to know and then being on the other side of it that's why I decided to write about it even in a, like a kind of vague way with Hollywood because I felt like it was more strength being on the other side of it and talking about it rather than just like allowing it to defeat me and seeing it as a weakness well you get to take a shitty thing and make it useful like yeah. make it valuable make it potentially positive by having it exist in this new kind of yeah kind of form which i think is really cool and hollywood it, it runs sort of like a ballad but yeah it, so it feels very heartfelt and very earnest which i think is really cool yeah and i still suffer with a lot of symptoms from the lyme that's something a lot of people don't know is like after you get treated for lyme disease it kind of follows you and with a few things like my insomnia just like the occasional cognitive issues joint pain memory issues still? yeah mm. and that can also be attributed just to my lack of sleep but also a little calm a, a little calm because yeah. the lack yeah. of sleep is triggered by With the lime yeah lime anyway, yeah um yeah. now tell me about mood and also about how you first met vic mensa um vic mensa our managers have been friends for a minute and when we decided mood was the single that we decided to for my ep really be the come out single because that really just puts the whole ep in a little box and just describes what it's all about my story it's right. kind of like the bigger picture so when, when we decided to use that as the single we wanted to see if and we want to make sure it was the right feature on it because that song is like very personal and tells a lot about my story and very specifically so we just didn't want anyone singing on it and Vic is also from Chicago. He moved away when he was at 17 to pursue music. He was just going on tour. So it's right. not like he moved to LA. He was just going on tour and left home to pursue his music. And he comes from like a fighter city too. And I feel like people who come from like Philly, Chicago, it's a very same mentality, especially like I said, kids of immigrants. Mm-hmm. It's just that like driven hustle, dream focused. So I felt like he could add a lot to the song because of his story as well. It wasn't just someone like making a story up or just freestyling on a verse. It really was his personal story and I felt like it added a lot to the original song. Were you guys in the in the room when you were making uh, the like the version with him featured or was it sort of like a remote um, communication? My manager was actually in the room 
with him and it was a surprise. So I was in New York for <laughs> an EP release and he was like, I want to show you something and didn't tell me who it was and showed me his verse. And I was like in tears. I left home when I was 17 to chase a dollar in a dream. My brother got killed that same week. I can still hear the screams echo through the rack where the violence is like Medellin. I keep an extra clip cause I got issues like a magazine. My life ain't been an easy ride, but I believe that deep inside the same struggles we survive give us reason to be alive and I didn't even care who it was because it wasn't about like Vic Mensa being on the song. It was just like whoever, because if you, when you listen to the rap, it's like whoever had this story, just it complimented my story so well. And it was cool hearing like the they say, I say um, choir vocals being incorporated in that. And then when he told me it was Vic Mensa, I've been listening to Vic Mensa in high school, course, yeah. like huge on the East Coast. And I was in awe. It was like the best surprise ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. And I love that it is like a sort of surprise for you. That just yeah, like, oh, yeah, no, by it the was way, amazing. Like, here goes, you know. And then after meeting him too, super sick. Like, I don't know, we vibed really well. Like I said, I just feel like people from the East Coast, like those yeah. cities really, really get it. I don't well, know. and it's also like the kind of Hamiltonian, like having to prove yourself too. You know, like I feel just like the fact that you guys have very similar backgrounds, that there's always a little bit like I, we need to like show that we're more than people think we are. Yeah. I don't know. I feel especially like when I was younger, just like being underestimated was such a, I don't know, such an insult. For sure. You know, like something that just like always drove to like get shit done. That's why like with LA, I just can't really, the whole like laid back <laughs> vibe of it, I can't do it. Like I love New York. I like the hustle. Like I just can't do the like, let's sit down, let's get lunch on like a Tuesday. I just, no, I need to <laughs> keep on doing more or else I'll get frustrated at the end of the week. I just want to like optimize all the opportunities and time that I have while I'm young. So like to I can look back and be like, I gave everything I could, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Nobody can take that shit from you. Yeah. No. And it's like, they can say whatever that they want, but nobody can say that we like didn't give this everything. Yeah. Growing up with that mentality, I think helped me a lot too. I'm like appreciative of where I was raised and also like who I was raised by because my parents are like really hard workers too. And so just growing up with that mentality, I think coming here, like, it was a force to be reckoned with because with distractions, it's still obviously everyone like now and then I'm not going to say like that. I, I do put myself in check a lot and I have a lot of people around me that I'm lucky enough that they'll put me in check too. If I'm distracted or whatever, like we all have those times, but luckily enough, I always get back to like the focus. I'm a very focused individual. I would say, well, I mean, you're crazy on it. Like I think what's really cool just in the, two hours we've known you it's just mm -hmm. like it's very obvious you're driven it's very obvious that nothing's like stopping you and and that there's a lot going on up, up here as far as just like seeing the bigger picture yeah. and prioritizing I feel like that was something that we struggled with so much when we first started out was just like trying to figure out what was important y'all are doing everything it's super cool <laughs> working on your music project and this but yeah. I mean it, it you're making the most of I think time. It, it stems from the fact that we you know there are things that are important to us that isn't necessarily satisfied by just one of those things. But I think, yeah. you know, when we first were starting out, we were trying to figure out what's important to us. And that, I think, what's really cool and inspiring to hear from you is that that was the start. Like, that yeah. was the heart of it. You know, you you had your priorities set before any of this madness, so the madness couldn't necessarily rock you, even shit like Lyme disease. So it's, it's, uh, it's commendable. Is there a line in mood that stands out to you? Is there a line that you really love? Vic's rap or just my... How about both? One in... Okay. In, was that you did something that, that Vic said? I'll start with Vic's. Um, they say I'm on top of the world. I feel like it's on my shoulders. They say I'm on top of the world. I feel like it's on my shoulders. I like yeah. that a lot. That's great. I thought that was super sick. That's his... His verse. I, I really can't. It just... That was a lot. And his stories, it was cool because when you hear Vic Mensa, a lot of the songs I knew was like Liquor Locker. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I didn't know a lot about him. He was just a really good writer and because I knew that he like just wrote a lot of other things too and he also sings like his projects are insane and I've been listening to him for a while but I think of like Liquor Locker and all of these songs but I never really knew his personal story and then hearing his song like a week after he moved away from Chicago to go pursue music his brother was shot like he's been through the neck of it like yeah yeah he yeah. has that song Pouring Rain with that Emmett fan oh yeah that's a great record mm. too that's like I don't know how much of that's real, but that's yeah. like crazy, you know. I'm sure it's a story that of somebody he knew yeah, or something like that's story. just 
crazy. You know, because yeah. I, I know him a lot from his like feature stuff. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, before Johan, Johan sort of uh, when we first talked, he's like, listen to him, like check out. His yeah, album. yeah. My brother's a huge fan. So my brother, yes, yeah. yeah, so my brother kind of got me like well acquainted. Um, yeah, he's doing like a whole punk rock band right now. Yeah, ninety three yeah, punks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's that's super cool. That's what uh, Johan's been working on with him. I don't know. He he does have like a way of sort of seeing stuff that is that's not necessarily cynical but stark. Mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Especially right now, I think a lot of his stuff, it's super brutally honest because he's touching on a lot of social issues. Yeah. And some of it's a bit dark. But the 93 Punks is like a di- totally different project for him that I really like it right now. I like to see where he's going with it. Yeah. The music videos for that are really interesting. And what's your uh, favorite line of uh, oh, mood? mood? Yeah. Probably Fear Won't Tell Me What to Do. Leaving was just the beginning. Fear won't tell me what to do. Leaving was just the beginning. Hey. Yeah, that's great. I feel like that speaks on really. That's, the, that's you on the that's flight. Me. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And that, a lot of that song is just about like all of the no sayers and stuff but like it was they i love the choir vocals and that like the people being like they say i'm like but i say yeah that's why yeah. i like the music video too because being totally honest like it's not like i didn't have yeah like it got to my head sometimes because i mean as a 17 year old like all of these adults telling you you can't do something and then like maybe even my parents got shook up once or twice about it but like literally i just remember that day boarding that flight and like getting into my apartment and like it's just like what am I going to do? All my friends are going yeah. to school and stuff like that. What am I going to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know anyone, didn't know any producers. But that fear is so important though too. Yeah, because it's like, I grew so much as a person. That, because that, like if you don't have that fear, you're not going to start cooking. You're not going to be desperate. You're not going to push. That's what it was. To like make this stuff. Like you're going to be good and not great. Like yep. you're going to be, you're not going to be feeling like, you have to get stuff done or that there's like the sort of Damocles over your head. Like that's the feeling that I feel like I've lived with, you know, like my stomach hurts. Like there's stuff yeah. hanging above me at any time, you know, and that's, you know, that's re- remarkably motivating if not somewhat unhealthy, but that fear is important <laughs> yeah. in the same way that like, you know, death cat cutie fear is the heart of love. Like mm-hmm. there is so much fear in the things that you love because it's something that, could be, that that you can lose. So I think having that fear, so at least you can rise to the occasion and like be there for the things that you care about. I think fear is remarkably important. Definitely. Um, as long as it doesn't cripple you. Yeah, I think I think fear can teach us what's important. I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's like the problem the problems arise when you like let fear drive, but like well, fear is definitely a powerful tool in being like, oh, this like, like, yeah, like you, when, when, the things you're most afraid of are very truthful things about you. So I think it's, yeah fear is definitely a learning tool totally and never getting like too comfortable because i feel like the the day that i decide i know it all or like i want to stop learning is the day i stop growing yeah because i just like seek knowledge everywhere i go from the people i meet because that day where i decide oh i don't need to like i know everything i'm not going to grow anymore and i'm just gonna i'm too comfortable and i'm gonna stay where i'm at and you'll be passed by some 19 year old who's who's working their ass off to answer those questions you know, and I, I don't know, I feel like at the end of the day, we've said this, the, the thing that I can at least guarantee about us is that we'll always be chewing on questions yeah. that at least will drive us to, to get to that next place. Yeah. You know, I feel like you're the same way that you won't be able to just like call it a day. Like you'll, you'll be asking yourself, all right, what's next? How do I, I don't grow? Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why we all don't sleep. Yeah, yeah. I just like to, cha- I mean, surround myself with people that challenge me too. That's like something yeah. I look for in people is people that will challenge my ideas because that's super important. I don't want everyone to call like, you out on yeah, behavior. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and ways that like are beneficial and like constructive criticism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Are you ready for the question round? Yeah. Question round. Sure. There's our, a question our, round. Our non-musical question. Okay. First question is what is your phone background? Lame is I'm not joking. Nice. <laughs> Lame is here. I'll show you. It's um, I, when I was in London for the first time. <laughs> yeah. When I was in London for the first time this summer, writing some music, I wanted to see Les Mis so badly, but they were closed because mm. I heard like the London version of Les Mis is amazing. Mm. And I've never seen it on Broadway or anything. So I wanted to see it so badly, but it was closed. So then I was just like, if I put this like, because I do believe in like visualizing it sure. to, and also like speaking things into existence. And like I said, it's my dream role. So I took a picture and I was like, one day I'll be here. And now I'm going back to London, actually, October 19th for another writing trip. That's awesome. Oh, nice. And it's open, so I will definitely be trying to. So you did manifest. See like this. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, I know we talked at length about theater stuff, but do you have another like non-musical hobby? Something that you're like passionate about that you do? I'd argue theater is a musical hobby. I mean, musical theater, yeah. 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 Reading. Hmm. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. Important one. I read a lot of like 
Holocaust and World War II books. I just finished wow. The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Wow. It's a true yeah, story. It was a beautiful book. I really recommend it. And I, I just want, I also want to see Alone in Berlin. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. I haven't. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm looking to see that too. Uh, what skill would you like to have? I really wish I could dance hip hop. Mm. I mean, I do it. Sometimes I'll like go take a class because a lot of my friends are dancers, but I'm not necessarily great at it. And I just love it. It feels so good to kind of express myself through dance. I feel that. I, yeah, that, I, I was never, I was always the worst at, at the actual dancing when, when I would when I would do like choreography and my musical yeah. numbers, but I always enjoyed it. Like I always had fun doing it. I had fun like learning the steps and like getting into the physicality of it. So I, that's another thing that I'd like to do eventually. Musical theater dance, like jazz and stuff was a lot easier for me. I picked yeah. up on that really well just because I had to. But like hip hop is, is really, totally yeah, different. It's really involved and yeah, it's like hard to pull off. So dance was just never something that I, I feel like like my body just feels heavy all the time. Like the yeah. things that I really wish I could do were the things that required like more fine, fine motor skills. I think that's why I like I like dancing though because it's just like it's it is outside of my comfort zone and the times when I've done it and it's felt really good. It's been like oh like this just makes me feel yeah. like you know like like I I can do this. Like it, it breaks me out of my own like, of myself a little bit. Hmm. Which fictional universe would you like to live in? I feel like I would like to live my life and this sounds crazy, but I live my life. I go around living my life as if I'm performing a show. So like <laughs> being on Glee and just breaking into song, like right. that is just, <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. love that. My friends in high school were like, would always be like, Julia, you act as if you're like a scene. They're like, you're so dramatic and so like that, but I see everything. Like I could just break into song like like this. So I guess like high school musical or Glee, funny yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I would have That's loved great. to go to an arts high school. Like that would have been yeah. the greatest. Going to theater camp was super cool because I was surrounded by that like 24 seven. So yeah, it was music school for us. You'd be in yeah. the cafeteria and then all of a sudden somebody would just like break into song. I like, love that. Well, I think when, when we were there, it was like a little bit annoying. We're like, ugh. Like, like I was yeah. obsessed with Victorious. Like yeah. at an age that I was a little bit too, too old to be obsessed with Victorious, I think, because I just love. <laughs> You're never like, too old. I was like, I was frustrated with my own high school. Even though I did a lot of theater in high school, I was like frustrated with my own high school experience because like, just like, look at these, these, these kids just frolicking around in high school, just like making music and like, you know, just like living in LA. Like that was, I loved that, yeah. that image so much. You know, we've asked this question like a bunch of times, like every every episode. But in my my brain has never answered it for myself. And just sort of sitting here, I was just, I, I suddenly had an answer. I want to be in the fictional universe of How to Train Your Dragon Two. <laughs> Why? Because in How to Train Your Dragon Two, they've already tamed the dragons. So the first one was taming the dragons, convincing mm -hmm. people to tame the dragons. <laughs> Second one, dragons are tamed, flying around on dragons, yeah. having a great time. So yeah. that's that's okay. right. That's a yeah. good one. That's a great answer. I would very much like to <laughs> fly one. on dragons. How to train dragons too? Not yeah, the first one. not the first one. Not the first, first, first the second, yeah. second one. Dragons are chill in the second one. Yeah. Um, well, sort of. Sort of chill. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say your superpower is? I have good intuition. I feel like I even used to. I love that's a raven. I would watch that when I was younger. But sometimes I would like think I was psychic because I really like see things before they happen. Oh, yeah. and I think I just have a good like sense of people, and especially when I get to know them, I can get a good grasp of. No matter what t type of version they give me of themselves, I'm really good at like seeing straight through it, you know, yeah. and, and seeing them for who they really are. But I can really like see things right before it happened. My intuition's really good. I don't listen to it always, but <laughs> it's always there. Yeah, it's always there. <laughs> Yapping away. Someone the other day was talking to me about like the difference between anxiety and fear. Interesting. Yeah, because a lot of people mistake fear as anxiety yeah. or anxiety as fear. When they're two completely different things. I've always felt that like fear is more survival oriented. Mm -hmm. Like like I'm genuinely scared about eating and sleeping and whatever, or like my health versus like anxiety of like, oh, this thing that I had might go and I don't want that. Like anxiety for me feels like quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna think about that one for a while. Yeah, just chew yeah, it over. No, just, just chew, chew it over. over. Just, just chew, sit on just that. Chew it. All right. Most important question. Would you be a pirate? Would I? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? In, like in like sailing times, like if you were, if that was the, the world that you were born into. In what the, is my other option? Just not to be a pirate? I guess just to not be a pirate. I really don't know how to answer that question. Hmm. <laughs> well, I've never thought about this. I feel like there's a lot of other things I would choose to be before a pirate. But during those times, yeah, I think I'd be a pretty cool pirate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't mind, uh, you wouldn't mind uh, pillaging anyone, stealing from the... You gotta do what you gotta do. Every man for themselves. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the pirate spirit. Um, I love it. Uh, do you have any tattoos? Yeah, I do. I only have one. So okay. it's the Ohm symbol. When I was in freshman year of high school, one of my close friends passed away I'm sorry. very suddenly. Yeah, it's okay. How'd um, they die? So he was in the football team 
and he was really really passionate and talented in football like he was definitely gonna go d1 and all my friends were doing spring training with him and he was a healthy kid and was doing the ropes and just seized on the field and died in front of a ton of my friends he had a pre-existing heart condition that they didn't know about so that was really super super hard for me at the time and i just i really i, I dealt with i had my grandfather die pass away when i was 10 but I never really dealt with like someone around my age passing away besides like one of my mom's best friends. So that was really hard to deal with because there was no like onset of that coming and happening, you know? Yeah. So I was trying to find a good way to celebrate him. And then his football number was 30. So I thought definitely I want to honor him in the way of football because that's something he was most passionate about and he had a lot of life in him so then the ohm symbol looks like a 30 right but it represents like universal peace and the bunch of things i really felt he exuded so then i just the ohm symbol became my thing and i wore it as in my rings my necklace just to celebrate his life and then i ended up i told myself when i was 18 i would get a tattoo so i got the tattoo and also in the back of my phone like i said i really like the serenity prayer in his memorial card they actually had the serenity prayer too oh, wow so it's always been my favorite prayer. And I was like, when I showed up and saw this, I was like, wow, because that's what I need to live by, especially with all my anxieties and stuff. It says like living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever the next. Amen. And then it also says the beginning part that everyone knows that God grant me serenity. Things I cannot change. Yeah. My dad yeah. had that ha hanging in, uh, in the it's house. It's my favorite prayer. Yeah. I feel like if I have that down, the rest of my life kind of goes yeah. really well. Definitely. Yeah. What was your first concert? My first concert was Josh Groban <laughs> at <laughs> <Yeah>. age five. <laughs> that's great. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, Lady Gaga, Edge of Glory. Nice. Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. Nice. I wake up out of bed and I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> Favorite movie, book, and TV show? My favorite book is probably Between Shades of Grey. And that I wrote, I read that a while ago. And that kind of, I always loved reading. And I think I kind of had like, it's like, you know how when you didn't want to do theater because your mom. Yeah. I think I just like was kind of rebellious against the teachers. I'm like, I don't want to read this, you know, because right. just because you're making me to. I want to read books because I want to. And so, like, I read great books in school, like The Outsiders and such, but I didn't really appreciate them until I got out of school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Favorite movie? TV show, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, Hands yeah, down. Yeah. I love that show. I, I can watch that a million times yeah. over. Love Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I saw him in Hedwig and the Angry Inn. Oh, so nice. good. Yeah, that's, that yeah, was, like, life-changing. I, life -changing. To see him in that. Yeah. I, love, I, love I want to see Darren Chris, but... Oh, he would have been great, too. Yeah, yeah. he was really super good. good. And then, what's the other one? Um, movie? Yeah, movie. This is super weird, but Titanic. <laughs> I don't know. I watched that over Dion. and over. Yeah, it's a long movie, but I can watch it over and over. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in that movie for sure. Yeah, and also the book. It's Between Shades of Grey, not Fifty Shades of Grey. No, it's the yeah, sequel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's the <laughs> sequel, right? <laughs> no. Everyone all no. Between Shades of Grey. No, that's a Holocaust book. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I didn't know you were being serious. Yes. Fifty Shades Darker. I just I wasn't yeah. sure I wasn't sure what the sequels were called. I just assumed it was a Fifty Shades of Grey sequel. Do you imagine somebody picking up that book like ready to just like get Did it? Do you on? actually think that was my favorite book? Like the second book of Fifty Shades <laughs> the of Grey. Second one. I don't think those are particularly. Those movies great are books. horrible. I'm those sorry. Movies are horrible. Could you just imagine though? Somebody plot, just like picks like, up that book like ready to go, and then they're just like, yes. "What? They're in a camp." They're I want to read camp. Twilight because I watched all the movies, but like I feel like I would love the books. I want to like reread Twilight. Books are not good. Really? I, I, I like I like the I was the books super into good? the first two books. I like Cirque de Freak. That was the vampire book for me. Cirque Ooh, de Freak. Okay, I'm going to keep that in mind because I really like vampire books. Yeah. I'm starting to read Harry Potter, which is so random. And it's I'm only in the first book and it just feels very kiddish and like yeah. immature. But everyone said like it gets amazing. Yeah. It, I mean, it grows. No matter I mean, what it, age. like it, they it, said, it grew up with a generation of people like the, you know, as, as the characters grow up and then the movies happen. Like, the, movie, yeah. the actors grew up. The whole thing has a has a. I like mystery novels, too. Mm. And funny enough, my great grandmother was like a published mystery novelist. Agatha Christie. And she was no, she's no. friends with Ag Agatha Christie. What? Like that was one of her girl. best friends, I swear to God. Isn't that so crazy? crazy. Maybe we... Sealy. Wow. All right. Shout Can out. lend you a book. Please yeah. do, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Always down for a mystery. Do you have a favorite sound? I know my least favorite sound, I'll tell you that first. <laughs> do you know like those cards that oh I can't it gives me the chills. Do you know those <laughs> cards that like move when I don't what are they called? Like when you have that it's like a card or a piece of paper and like if you tilt it, the picture changes. Yeah. 
when people scratch that or if oh. I touch that. Oh, holographs. Uh, yes, yeah. I like oh, chalkboards more than that. I can't look at those. I literally can't even look because I get the feeling, ooh, I like, really huh. can't do those. My favorite sound, maybe like a humidifier. For some reason, I love okay. the sound of a humidifier, like mist. Like the, like like the, the soft, okay, yeah. noise. There's something about water for me. Like my favorite yeah. smell is the smell of pavement after it rains. Oh, yeah, petrichor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best date you've been on? Super LA, but we went up to Maholland and sat on the roof of his car and nice. looked at the stars That's and just played music. That's great. It's the simple things for me. Yeah. Like it's more like thought than I don't need to go to su- even for like a first date. I feel like I'd be kind of uncomfortable going to like a su- some something super fancy. It's really not me because I like to get to know the person and I feel like it's something fancy. People try to put on a show or whatever, but just like I'd rather go through in and out drive through and really see what they're like. Yeah, that's casually. That's, that's truly the best way to yeah. get someone. This is my second date with my girl. Well, first day I went to her stand up show. And then the second day, we went to the Apple store together because I had to go to the Apple store. So I was just like, I just met you, but you're just, just coming cu- with just me. Just like come along to what I'm doing during yeah. my day and see if we vibe. And Be a part of my like, life. That was the way to do it. I'm still sort of new in this relationship, like yeah. I said, but uh, like I went to Chicago to see her for the first time and yeah. we she planned stuff. We went to like fancy restaurants. We actually saw Hamilton. Like it was a nice thing. The best day that we had though was when we didn't get out of our pajamas and just watched like 80s films. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And comedians and stuff. Like that's that's all I want. That, you yeah. Know? That's all it's, I need. That's all I, yeah. That's all we really need as people. I'm so tired. <laughs> like, me too. I just like, you know, as much as I like the fan, I mean, I loved every, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining about the fancy restaurants You're in like, Hamilton. you hear this? Yeah, no, she, but she knows. Like, and she's saying like, you know, she's coming here and she's like, don't plan anything. Like, I just want to watch movies. I'm like, I'm planning Aww. stuff. Especially we'll for long movies, distance. Yeah. That's like, it's just the time that you spend together. It doesn't need to, you don't have to be doing anything but just in each other's company. Yeah. yeah. Can you whistle? No. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I've always wanted to. That's something that's always been annoying. I'm like, I wish I could whistle. Can you snap? Yeah. Oh, but you can snap well. Really? Shit. Yeah. Know, I'm like that person. At, this is this is when people are doing poetry um, or a jazz like, club. I'm like, yes. Oh, like that's like a sampleable snap. Like for yeah. me, it's like Get my snap. Like, oh, but can you whistle? Yeah. Do you have a scar with a story? Yeah, I mean, okay, it's not on me, but. My sister, when I was younger, she took my puzzle and I bit her so hard that she still has the mark, but it's in the shape of Mickey Mouse. So we always joke, like whenever we go to Disney World, we take a picture of her scar and stuff, but it's literally in the shape of Minnie Mouse. That's awesome. I bit her so hard. She still has it. Whenever people are like, what's wow. that? She's just like, That's uh, proper sibling. <laughs> Older yeah. or younger? Younger. I'm the oldest. Gotcha. Oh, what's the age difference? Um, I'm eight. No, I'm 19. My sister's 17. My brother's 15. I okay. feel like that's also kind of like my thing. I've always wanted to be a role model because I have younger siblings and I just love, that's why I really want to inspire like the younger generation and reach out to them through my music to be like a big sister or like give them advice I wish I had, you know? No, I yeah. fucked everything up for my brother. No. <laughs> I know for me, for me it was, it was just like, uh, like, because I, I, I felt like a pressure to sort of know what I wanted to yeah. do and like go forward. Now my, my mom has like this tremendous pressure on my brother. Like Nate figured it out. Why haven't you figured it out? I'm like, you're 19. Like you don't have to figure yeah. it out. You know, actually he's 20 today. Shout out to my brother. Yeah, happy happy birthday, birthday, Ryan. You're like, I'm still figuring it out, mom. Yeah, like I'm still figuring it out, but I feel like I just sort of hid a lot of like the uncertainties and then got really lucky. Everyone's different. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just, I wasn't necessarily looking out for him the way I should have, you know? Yeah. What are you most proud of? This might sound cliche, but I feel like the thing I'm most proud of is, I guess, my resilience. Like, going through the Lyme disease, I would still, like, go sit on the piano. I really didn't let any of it stop me. Mm-hmm. And it would have been really easy for me just to move home. But I was so proud of myself the day I came back to L.A. Like, before Christmas, I spent Christmas there. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was also like, I'm around all my friends in their senior year of high school. My parents were obviously really worried about me. And they did give me the option. They're like, if you want to come back and leave this life behind you, like, no sweat off anyone's back. But I was really proud of, like, sticking because I knew what I wanted, but it would have been super easy for me just to, I guess, be fearful because of what happened. Well, it's, and it's one thing to do the thing when everything's working in your favor. It's that's a lot more sort of commendable when everything's pushing against you and you're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like That's the respectable side of, of all the shit. Yeah, definitely. And looking forward, what are you most excited for? In the near future, I'm releasing a single next month that I'm really excited for. Like I was telling y'all about, after my EB came out, none of the songs were really like dancey, or any of that. And with summer just having happened, I was told like, yeah, you should, I went to London. They're like, you got, you should really write a summer single. I get all these briefs with 
it would just be like write a summer happy single and that's just not how i was feeling with my sleep and a lot of health problems like my lyme having been the six past six months um yeah i kind of came back i tested positive for lyme a couple weeks ago again so it's just figuring all of that out and then also going to the studio with like four days of not sleeping and then two days of like sleeping three hours i just and i was faking it and then finally i went off brief and took a session just for myself to really write was off my chest and that was the song that stuck so next month i'm really just releasing something that's been really truthful to me and a reason that i've been very quiet on like social media and not having released music in a minute and i feel like it's very personal to me and i'm excited to share it with everyone else because there's a lot of people who are going through similar things it's personal enough where i'm telling my story but it's also general where other people can relate to it and interpret it and their struggles well it's amazing you've yeah. been through so much just at, at such a young age but I, I think it's so important that you're using that for good like you're using that not to be like cold or angry but instead to form communities send a message and yeah. share a message and make some like positive pieces out of it definitely so, i feel like it'd be super easy for me just to make excuses and you know, like with everything, I'm not the type of person who can stay in bed or just accept things for what they are. So I don't know. I really want to challenge people by challenging myself, like seeing all the things that I'm going through and pushing myself. I hope that just gets that person who really knows what they want to do, but doesn't have it in them to maybe do it to get them and be like, you know what, if someone else can, I can do this too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's inspiring to us. Absolutely. Y'all are really inspiring. Well, hey, it's nice to meet you today. It's like, nice it's to meet like, you too. And I'm looking forward, we're writing tomorrow. Yeah, I'm so. super stoked. I just met you. I was like, yeah. Hey. Oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> I like yeah. your stuff. It's like, like as we're talking, I get an email from you. And I know. You're like, oh, let's do a session. I'm like, yeah, down, let's do it. Cool. You know? But uh, thank you. Thank like, y'all so much. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Sick. Look at me We would like to thank Jägermeister and Isotope for their early support of Talking Lion.